Good morning, friends. How are you? I'm cold. <laughs> that happened quick. I knew it would. I've been saying over and over, this 70-degree weather, we're going to pay for it. Sure enough, wake up 34 degrees and snow on the ground. My girls were very excited. I was too. I like snow. I'll admit it. I don't like it cold, but when it's cold and snow, it's bearable for me. Well, we are continuing our series uh, on Immeasurably More, our stewardship series. Um, and stewardship is really a time for us to reflect, to reflect, to pray about how we can offer ourselves to God, how we can give of our tithes and offerings to further the kingdom, how we can offer our gifts to be used in furthering the kingdom, and how we can devote more of our time to God. How is he calling us uh, to spend more time in our devotion on God and what he's doing? Now, this time is also meant for you to intentionally have space to seek God, to seek his wisdom, to seek his guidance. How is he challenging us to step out in faith a little bit more, to stretch ourselves just a little bit more so that his glory can be seen, his glory can be shown, and his love can be felt? How is he calling us to join him in the work he is doing and calling us to do alongside him? So this year we're focusing on God's immeasurable, immeasurably moreness. I made that word up. It's good, huh? I do that a lot. We know that God is immeasurably more. We know he's huge big. We know his power is mighty, that God is abundant. We know that. We are here today to worship him because of that, to offer our praise to him. But sometimes us knowing God's immeasurably more and then doing our lives in a way that reflects us knowing that God is immeasurably more is sometimes mutually exclusive. Sometimes there's a disconnect. You see, the ways of the world causes us to believe more about the finiteness of our minds. So we begin to live in a way that is limited. Our prayers are basic. Our giving is small. Our faith is just enough. Our time is consumed with all the other things, and we never have enough of it. Our minds are fixed on negativity. Our hearts are feeling kind of meh. And our joy is hard to come by. To sum it all up, we're tired. Or to say it where I come from, we're tired. We are tired. I say that a lot, and the girls think I'm crazy. The last thing we need to hear is that we're not doing enough. The last thing we need to hear is that we have to do more. I totally get it. I feel you and I understand it. The good news is that we don't have to do more. The good news is that God loves us exactly where we are, tired and spent, in need, pooped out. He loves us anyway. He loves us right in that space. But, isn't there always a but? The good news is, he doesn't call us to do more. He calls us to do different. Just to do different. You see, we don't need to add to our already full plates. We just need to exchange. Just need to exchange. And one of those things that we need to exchange 
is how we think. We need to change our mindset. Now, if you just did the hyperbole eye roll at me for t- saying this, this message is for you. <laughs> My point is made. <laughs> I totally get it. It is so hard to change how we think. It's such a simple thing to say, but it's an even very, very more difficult, hard thing to do. But we're called to do it. We have to do it. We must change the way we think. Now, I also want to call out that if you have this negative reaction to change, changing how we think, then I also want to talk about spiritual warfare because I think we have to. The enemy comes after our mind first and foremost, every single time. The second we give the enemy a foothold in our minds and the way that we think is the second that we have chosen something other than God. And and we've done this for a long time. That's why it's so hard to change how we think because it starts at a very young age when we start trying to protect ourselves and we come up with things so that we can not feel pain. And sometimes we have these thought paths and these, these ways of these mechanisms in our mind that are so strong and have been there for so long, we begin to truly believe that they are the truth when in reality it's the enemy lying to us. It's the enemy having the power over how we think instead of us allowing God to have that power. If our thoughts aren't aligning with Scripture, then they're not true. And we need to let them go. If anybody ever walks by my office and you see me doing this, <laughs> it's because I'm catching a thought and I'm throwing it away. I've had to resort to that because it's so hard for me to keep my mind focused on God sometimes. So how do we do this? How do we change how we think? Well, here's a concept for you. If you've ever heard of Earl Nightingale, he wrote a book called The Strangest Secret. And I remember someone sharing with me about this book. Actually, it was Chris. He actually shared this with me. He's like, you need to read this. And I'm like, oh, no. So I read it thinking, I'm going to get this profound, awesome thing that's going to change everything. It's going to make it so easy for me. And here's what I got. Here's the key to success and the key to failure. We become what we think about. We become what we think about. It's not profound. It's really very simple. And it's so true. We become what we think about. And we, we, this comes all throughout Scripture. Think about all the times that we are told. Abide in Christ. Stay in Christ. Never stop praying. Pray without ceasing. Philippians 4.8 tells us to think about what is pure, what is right, what is just, what is true, what is excellent. All throughout Scripture, God reminds us that we have to start here with seeking Him first in our brains, in our minds, in what we are thinking. So what are we thinking about? Are our minds consumed with what we don't have? Are our minds consumed with if-onlys? Why not me or why me? I wish I had. If so then we're living with a scarcity kind of mindset. 
And I know we've heard these concepts of scarcity versus abundance. And we know what kind of God we serve. Do we serve a scarce God? This is interactive. Do we serve a scarce God? No. We serve a God of abundance. He's an abundant God. He's immeasurably more. So our thoughts need to be those thoughts of there is plenty. There is more than enough. I'm happy for that person that has seemingly more than I do. I'm happy for me with what I have. We serve an abundant God who wants us to also live abundantly, who embrace change, welcome it, even though it's uncomfortable, who are willing to learn and to grow and don't think we know it all. That's who God wants us to be. That's where he wants our focus to be. So where is our focus? What is fueling our thoughts? Contentment or worry? Positivity or negativity? Faith or fear? Now I realize that this kind of mindset can sometimes seem irresponsible, this abundant mindset of thinking there's always going to be enough and more. But it's not. That is control. That's our need for control. Abundance, an abundant mindset is biblical. That is the truth. And I want to talk about a story today that proves that. We're going to visit Matthew chapter 26, verses 6 through 13. Hear the word of the Lord today. While Jesus was in Bethany, in the home of Simon the leper, the woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head as, he's, as he was reclining at the table. Can we just go back to this kind of culture where we recline and eat at the same time? I just Every time I read it, I'm like, man, that sounds awesome. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste, they said. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. And truly I tell you, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I tell you, the more I dug into this story, the more I loved it. It's a beautiful story, a beautiful piece of scripture. It was hard for me to focus on what I wanted to talk about because there were so many nuggets that we could pull from this about how to live our lives for God in a way that is immeasurably more. But let's dig in anyway. So I want to focus on the characters of this story, and I want to first talk about the disciples. The disciples are an example of a scarcity kind of mindset. Why this waste? Immediately, as soon as they saw this act, they went right to the fact that it could have been wasteful. You see, they didn't believe that there was enough to go around. They believed that what this woman had could have been used for something else, something better. Something better. Something better 
than worshiping Jesus. And now granted, we have to understand that they had good intentions. Because the story before this story is when Jesus shares the parable of the goat and the sheep. The goats won't see heaven because they haven't taken care of the lesser of these. So we have to give some credit. The disciples thought they were doing a good thing. But we have to look at the woman and what they did to her. In front of the Messiah, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, they humiliated her. That's what they wanted to do. They wanted her to be an example of what was wrong. They wanted the gold star. They didn't care about that woman and what she was doing and her intention. That doesn't seem very Christ-like, does it? Which turns us to the woman. The woman equals this abundance mindset. She saw Jesus, and she wanted to give him all she had, even if it was expensive. In Mark's account of this story, it was almost a year's worth of wages that this perfume costed. That's a lot. And we can assume that all she knew was that the Messiah was there, and she wanted to express her love for him. We can assume that because she, she did this great act, no matter who interpreted it differently or wrongly or harshly. Notice in this story, we weren't given any words from the woman. She didn't speak for her side of the story, but who spoke for her side of the story? Jesus did. This is interactive. Jesus, you know I like this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you there. Jesus did. And Jesus chose to see and chose to interpret it differently. You see, Jesus chose to see what was, not what could have been. The disciples wanted this woman to be called out because they felt she had missed the purpose and the point of Jesus' ministry. But alas, the disciples had it wrong again. Jesus knew her heart and her mind He called this act exactly what it was, a beautiful thing. A beautiful thing. When I come into this space, I love this up here. It represents to me what I feel God is, holy yet personal, open and inviting and welcoming. And I've enjoyed not having the stained glass. Not that I don't love the stained glass. I do. Don't anybody quote me that I don't. I do. But I've enjoyed sitting here and looking out the window at God's great creation and seeing the trees be bright green and then beautiful fall colors, which is one of the most beautiful falls I've seen. And now just the branches. It reminds me of the evolution that we are called to of change, of going through the different seasons of life. Even the pine tree can tell us something about the steadfastness of God and how he doesn't change. And I look out at all of you, and I see people of grace and love who love God, who have loved my family well during a very trying year, who love each other well, and who love this community well. We owe it to God to honor him 
through the ways we maintain and also build upon the good things he has given us. This space, this building, the ministries that take place within this building, the people who come in and out that we have the opportunity to interact with and extend our love to, the folks that we have the opportunity to minister to online, and the ways in which we approach all people when we leave this place and go out into the world. Did Jesus know that that perfume could have been sold and the money used for the poor? Of course he did. But giving is not an either-or. It's not an either-you-spend-things, you spend your money to be a beautiful devotion to me, or you give it to the poor. Giving is an and, a both-and. Yes, you use money to show me beautiful things, to honor me, to show your devotion, and you give to the poor. Why? Because there will be enough. There will be enough. When we step out on faith, there will be enough. And that's what Jesus is telling us here in this story. This beautiful story. We don't know the woman's motivation or reasoning. We can assume it was good because Jesus saw it as good. But whether it wasn't may have been a selfish act. She may have used that perfume just to show off in front of the disciples. Maybe. But Jesus chose to see it and to use it for his kingdom and to make it a beautiful thing. He chose to allow it to have purpose for his plan, his greater plan of furthering the kingdom. The woman was willing to do something crazy and radical and what appeared to be the wrong thing to the majority of the people in the room. But Jesus chose to make it beautiful. Are we staying open to that in our own lives and in our own ministry? Are we staying open to see how God moves with the acts of love that we offer him? Are we willing to sacrifice the best we have to something we may not fully understand so that God can continue to further his kingdom through his people? Are we willing to believe and act on that belief that God is immeasurably more? This week you should have received a letter from Tom and a prayer card that we send this out, we send these out every year so that we can begin praying to God to let us know how he wants us to respond, to prepare our hearts, to open ourselves up to the way in which he is moving, the way in which he wants us to move so that we can dig in and contribute to the many ministries here at St. John of making disciples and loving everybody and making a difference in this community. I would love for us to pray these prayer, this prayer together so that we can allow God to begin moving in us, to begin challenging our hearts. Let's pray this. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides, we surrender our hearts to your presence and proclaim you Lord of all. At times, we allow our finite minds to limit you, but you are infinite. Your ways are immeasurable. 
You call us to live our, that truth and see your ways. We thank you for the honor to join you in building your kingdom. We pray for your glory to be shown in the ways we respond to you. May we remember your provision and the fact that you never fail us. May we be people who seek you and your kingdom first. May our giving reflect your love for us, a love that never fails, never ceases, and is immeasurably more. Amen. Let's stand, friends, and praise and worship God. He is so worthy.